The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Are you playing an active role in reducing youth unemployment? Partner with Workforce Staffing today to bridge the unemployment gap. Talk to me about four-letter words, Colin Cullis. It sounds saucy. It could be. I mean, uh, this evening I was looking to focus on love, but as I went down that rabbit hole, or rather rabbit warren, there is so much in this industry. And again, once, you know, not the first time I'm telling you something I didn't know lots about until I began uh, researching it. But what is maybe odd is that tonight's subject is one where both of us uh, are probably a little bit in the, in the shallow end because these dating apps, et cetera, would have come about uh, way after we were finished with all of our dating elements and had pretty much settled down and decided on who our partner was and now sort of just baffling, uh, baffled and scratching ahead about what's going on. Uh, but the, the thing about how these apps work is that the L-O-V-E that we thought love was all about is actually spelled D-A-T-A. Um, <laughs> what? And it's maybe not that surprising. <laughs> Got you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is really um, the thing that has shifted it. And I'm going to try and touch on a couple of elements, as I say, I'm not going to be able to, to cover all of them. Um, suffice to say, there's the business element, then there's the people element about how this all works. And then there's that digital component that sort of combines the business with the people. And the question for, for us, I suppose, would be, is this a better way than we used to do it in the past? And that's maybe the first date worth mentioning, because in the US, certainly, uh, back in 2013, the various studies that they would do on an ongoing basis, uh, Stanford University does this, to try and determine where are you most likely to have met your partner, which they've been doing since the 40s, not necessarily them, but other groups, and they've just been collating it. Uh, we typically have, you know, friends met at uh, a bar or, you know, somewhere social, uh, through work, uh, through family, a whole bunch of things, uh, religious, you know, met, met at church, all of these sort of things, where up until sort of the late 90s, uh, online wasn't an option. But from 2013 in the U.S., that percentage is now switched where more people are connecting online than via any other method. I did also wonder if that might be the case here in South Africa. We, we probably are a little bit behind in terms of people's access and then likelihood of using these things. So before the show, I asked the same question with the options to say at work, through friends, online or other. Uh, online came in at only 5.3%. So in that regard, we've still got a long way to go, in which case this is a cautionary tale for people who may be uh, looking to start using uh, online dating apps. Through friends in South Africa is still the number one uh, option at 36%. At work, 26%, which uh, I know uh, a lot of people might say, hmm, that's not necessarily the best option because there's a lot of uh, challenges that come from that as well. And other at 31%. So the, so the other uh, elements will pick that up. But what I was surprised by when it goes at, uh, you know, who was the first to try and do an online matchmaking type thing? It was Harvard. In 1965, they created a computer, a bunch of punch cards, a whole bunch of profiles of people, stuck them in the machine, and then tried to have them predict who was the most likely match for who. Um, and I'm pretty sure that might have even been, uh, you know, the, the genesis might have been from some of those online TV shows, you know, those ones where they'd have three people asking questions to see what happens. Uh, and basically, ever since then, we've been fascinated with what attracts someone to someone else, and for the rest of us to wonder, what on earth did you see in that person that would make you want to do that? Uh, the most recent sort of genesis of all of this stuff, uh, and certainly the the, the, the the real cupid in the game here, is the lot called the Match Group. Match.com is a website, uh, and it has grown, not just because it itself was successful, but it sort of acquired and bought a bunch of other ones. Uh, Kiss.com was the original, 1994, can you believe it? That was 
how far back we go with these things. Match.com came out in 95. OkCupid was 2004, so the same time as Facebook and has sort of a parallel growth in terms of what it sought to do, ultimately only focusing on um, dating. Uh, Hinge was another one in 2011, which I'll explain why I, I mention it a little later on. But the big one and the one that I think most people are aware of, even if they don't necessarily use it, is Tinder, which came out in 2012. What is Tinder? And this is a perfect example. Ah, okay. this is, <laughs> is going to be a longer conversation than I thought. No, no, I've heard of it. It's the swipe left Fair and enough. swipe right thing. And if you've uh, got different predilections, you go into things like grinder and more um, more, more auspicious, less auspicious. I don't absolutely know. Um, there, are, there are lots of places no, no. to go. Lots of places to go. You're, you're absolutely right. But let me, do, let me ask you something that's maybe not related to the platforms themselves, but how they operate. And that is that uh, you know the old adage that says, if you're not paying for something, uh, then you're the product. Well, in a dating app, you literally are the product. You are looking to have yourself connect with somebody else. So this is one of those occasions where the, the, the apps, the companies are kind of entitled to say, okay, the more we know about you, the more likely it is we'll, we'll able to find a match for you. And of course, uh, learn about you for themselves. Some of them will say, well, we might use this data elsewhere and help other partners to you know, potentially show products and services to you that you might find useful. If they actually are, I suppose people would say, fine, I can live with that. Uh, but when you're not sure who they're sharing it with and just how particular and how detailed some of these questionnaires are, um, those things could follow you around the internet for, for quite some time afterwards. Uh, so anyway, in, in, in this case, uh, the collecting of the data was sort of a, a big thing for OKCupid. And the founder, or one of the co-founders of that one, Christian Rudder, moved to the point of not just collecting all this data and creating the algorithms, but actually took to publishing it. They've sort of become a little more um, careful about how they do so these days uh, because there was quite a bit of backlash when uh, back in sort of 2014, they posted that they sometimes do experiments on the people on their platforms. Now, this kind of was a, was a, was a conversation that was had after uh, the issue with Facebook had come out to say that they also try and post things that are more popular on people's timelines to see what their action would be versus negative things. And a lot of people were very upset with it. I think my initial reaction would say that I, that is very upsetting. I wonder if the top of your head, would you say if, if a dating app were to, to experiment on those using the platform, that would be a good or a bad thing? Yo, I mean, you put yourself out there, but you put yourself out on a, a particular understanding. You have an understanding of what the relationship is. And if that relationship is then transgressed in some way, well, I don't think that's particularly ethical, is it? It isn't. And, and I had the exact same reaction. So it's absolutely dodgy. But he makes a good point. He says, well, we've created an algorithm, an algorithm that if we don't test, we just assume works. But of course, it's an algorithm. It's, it's a best guess. They apply it. And unless you can see a lot of people coming back and telling you things don't work, which isn't necessarily something they will do, they'll just not follow up or, or just go back on the app again. So by actually running some of these experiments, you'll actually be able to tell if there's a greater chance that either there was no difference or a significant difference, and the significant difference was positive or negative. Now, the bit maybe that they should have included is to say for a set of users to say, we run some experiments on occasion. Would you be happy to occasionally go on a date that might be with somebody that you would not have normally recommended for you? And if somebody says, yeah, sign me up, I'll, I'll take a risk every now and then with a weird date, who knows, I might, I might get lucky because Opposites your algorithm wasn't attract. so good. Yeah, exactly. And and so let me run through a little bit about the, the, the actual um, algorithm, because it's quite fascinating how they go about it. Because again, all algorithms effectively have to take some real world, very complex data and reduce it down to a number and then run a formula of that number to get an answer that says yes or no. And in uh, OkCupid's uh, case, uh, this was the original algorithm. I'm sure they would have evolved it a lot since, uh, since it first came out. But they'll ask you questions, but 
leading questions about yourself, like, are you messy? Not, you know, how old are you or what are you looking for? Uh, and then they'll, they'll, they'll let, get your impression of what, what you'd like to say, uh, you rate that as, as in a lot or, or, or not at all. And then what you prefer to see in a partner's response. So should the partner also say they're very messy or not at all? And then they will say how important that particular aspect is to you. So if messiness wasn't an issue for you, say, I don't really rate that as very important. But if it is critical that somebody isn't messy, then you might rate it as important. They take those, those three elements along with a whole bunch of questions and then create a match out of that. And when two people have profiles that match not just what they want, but also in the other person's, and that the level that they rate it as important matches, they create a match for you, which is pretty clever. So the fact that they declare that to people, so you kind of know how they're matching people up, uh, and then uh, you know test it and, and do these experiments, makes good sense. Um, the crazy one, though, and again, this um, uh, OK Cupid person uh, published a book back in 2014 when all this stuff came out. 2009, my apologies, 2009 it came out. And one of the, the stats in it, which you know at the time certainly got a lot of people quite upset, I think it's fair to say, was a comparison between the age women like uh, their men to be and the same graph for men preferring what age their men should be. So they asked women at age 20, 21, 22, 23, you know, who were using their, their platform, what age would you prefer your partner to be? And generally speaking for women, it sort of plots. 20-year-olds like 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds like 25-year-olds. And, and so it goes up to about age 30. Then as the women age, the men they preferred were still around about age 40. When you looked at that for women, whether it be 20-year-old men, 25-year-old men, 30-year-old men, 40-year-old men, or 45 or even 50-year-old men, all of them said somebody in their mid-20s. And this effectively got a lot of women, and this is real, I suppose, for a lot of women, is to say, wow, if you're over the age of sort of 30, dating apps become very difficult for women who are looking to try and find somebody that would be interested. There is a whole lot more stuff which I'll, I'll leave online, including the really strange uh, apps that you get, things like uh, um, Kindred. Those are for people who don't want to have kids or can't have kids. That's the one for you. Uh, Field uh, is the dating app for people who want to have more than one partner, so open relationships. And there is even one called Raya for the rich and famous, because, of course, they just can't hang out with anybody. Uh, so I'll leave a list. There's, uh, Elle magazine has got a fantastic list of over 20 apps all running around now in the 2020s for people to try. And there is an absolutely exceptional podcast that was done about the founder of Hinge, uh, by a podcast called Rejected. And it's the, it's the founding of, of Hinge and how it eventually came to what it is, which is kind of the reason why I decided to pick it up this evening, which I will leave online for people to, to listen to. Absolutely brilliant to listen. I think a, a, a dating app called Unhinged would actually work better, but hey, that's just me. Thank you, Colin Cullis. Business unusual this evening. The crazy world of data and dating apps. In a market where budgets are tight, employers are now, more than ever, looking for the perfect candidates to fill their vacancies. Choose Workforce Staffing as your test partner, and they will match the perfect candidate with available opportunities, including skills development and training as needed. Join Workforce Staffing and overcome youth unemployment. Visit workforcestaffing.co.za today. Workforce Staffing, your preferred staffing partner.